0: I invite you to turn in your copy of the scripture to the Gospel of Matthew and Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 is where I'd like to direct your attention this morning. Uh, we're doing things just a little bit differently. Um, I'm going to be very brief in my comments this morning uh, from God's word, which should make some of you happy as you're concerned about how long we're going. Uh, we wanted to leave plenty of time to Kiju, for Kiju to, to speak with us. so. Our normal pattern is to open up the scripture and look at the text for about a half hour together. I'm just going to be going for a couple minutes on this text that should be familiar to many of us. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, Jesus' words after his resurrection to all of the church throughout all ages. This is what Jesus says, starting in verse 20, uh, 18, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven Father, as we look at these words of Jesus, we pray that we would embrace them. We pray that we would be reminded again of what you have called us to and what you have desired of us as we walk with Jesus. We pray these things in his name, amen. Our church has a mission statement that we adopted about a year ago that we exist to see the lost saved and the saved transformed by the gospel, that is why we exist. When we adopted that statement, we were very conscious of the fact that it's essentially a summation, a summary of Jesus' words here in this text that we've just read, the text that often is referred to as the Great Commission. Jesus as our captain, as our Lord, has deployed us as his spiritual troops to go and execute a particular mission, to go and make disciples of all nations. That's a great commission that begins right next door with the person who lives right next to you and goes all the way to the ends of the earth. We at Grace Church at Willow Valley, we want each one of us, we desire that each one of us would be completely available to Jesus to go wherever he calls us to go to complete the great commission. But I want us to think particularly about our responsibility that Jesus has given us as a church family at Grace Church at Willow Valley, our particular responsibility for the unreached people of the world. Why should we care that there are unreached peoples like the Rangi who have no knowledge of the gospel? How should that transform our prayers, our efforts, our hearts? Jesus, in his teaching here in these three short verses, begins by telling us why, why we should care about reaching the unreached. He tells us that we are to reach the unreached because he, Jesus, is their Lord. Now, oftentimes when we read the Great Commission passage, we go straight to verse 19, go therefore and make disciples, and we skip the the all-important reason that he gives us for doing so in verse 18. Take a look at verse 18 with me. In verse 18, Jesus says, why should we do this? Because all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, he says. He is Lord. He is king of all. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus has accomplished all the work that the Father had given to him in order to purchase for himself all the nations as his inheritance. All belong to him. He's been given the name that is above every name. There is coming a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess on heaven and on earth that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Uh, Paul, when he wrote in Colossians 1 verse 16, he wrote about the great supremacy of Jesus, the, the kingship and lordship of Jesus over all things. And he said in Colossians 1:16: by him, Jesus, all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Uh, the great Dutch theologian, Abraham Kuyper, uh, K- Caleb Brussel, our Dutch pastor, tells us it's stronger That's it's Kuyper. I think that's right. No? <laughs> that's more Klingon than Dutch, huh? Abraham Kuiper said that there is not a square inch in our human existence over which Jesus does not cry mine all things belong to him Americans were created for one sole purpose to bow the knee to Jesus Russians were created to bow the knee to Jesus Iranians were created to bow the knee to Jesus Chinese were created to bow the knee to Jesus. The Rongi people were made by Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus. And this is the great reason why we, as Christians, we want to reach the unreached peoples of the world. We have a burden to see Christ be glorified where he is not yet being glorified. We want him to be honored for the Lord that he is by seeing people find life and freedom and salvation through worshiping Jesus as the Lord that he is. John Piper said it so powerfully and so well when he said that missions exists because worship doesn't. We spread the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge of the gospel to all the nations so that those who are not yet worshiping Jesus will begin glorifying him as Lord This is the great burden for us to see Christ be honored and it gives us great confidence. Knowing that Jesus said all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, we can be sure that because he is Lord, there are wrongy souls that he has purchased for himself that will indeed come to him and he will make sure that he loses not a one through the means of even our missional effort and all the other unreached people's of the world. We seek to reach the unreached because Jesus is their Lord. But he goes on in verse 19 to tell us how. How do we do that? We are to reach the unreached by making disciples of them. Take a look at verse 19 with me. In verse 19 Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Here Jesus is reminding us that missions is more than just writing a check. Missions is more than just sending food or clothing or medical supplies as important and as necessary to missions as those things are. That's not the heart of missions. The driving force of missions is to make disciples of all nations. Now, what is a disciple? Uh, A disciple, the word literally means a learner or a student. In other words, Jesus is saying, I want you to make followers of me. Be fishers of men is what he is saying. And in order to do that, he tells us we have to go. We have to go to the nations if we are going to make disciples. Christians are those who go because they have been sent. It is the great commission. Jesus sends his church out. In uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus ascended, he told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. How does the gospel go forth? Paul tells us in Romans 10, he said, uh, people will come by hearing. But how are they to hear unless there's someone to preach? And how are anyone to preach unless they are sent? And then he quotes the Old Testament. As it's written, how beautiful are the feet. Feet get us going. Feet of those who bring the good news. In our day with modern transportation, modern communication, modern invention, it has never been so easy to reach the unreached people. And yet by those same things the church has never been so lulled to sleep by our own conveniences, our own comfort, our own concern for our daily affairs. Hudson Taylor was a man who counted the cost and woke up from the sleep that he was in and had a passion to go. Some of you are, uh, our children are in the service this morning. When when Hudson Taylor was a a boy and uh, just your age, he sat around the dinner the dinner table um, of, of his family, and his dad would talk about the needs of the nations and his dad had a particular burden to see the Chinese people who were unreached at the time with the gospel uh, that that missionaries would be sent and as Hudson listened to his dad telling stories about how desperately the Chinese needed missionaries to go and bring the gospel, God began stirring a fire in his in, in the heart of him as a little boy and he wanted to be a missionary. But as he began expressing that desire, all of the adults told him that it was a bad idea for him to go, to waste his life by doing that. And one day he went to a local pastor who he knew had a Mandarin Bible because he knew that he needed to learn the language of the Chinese. And as he asked the pastor for this Bible, the pastor said, son, why do you want this Bible?" Hudson Taylor said, well, I hope that God will make me a missionary to the Chinese someday. And the pastor very foolishly told him, oh, son, you'll lose that passion someday when you're older and wiser. Hudson Taylor, after decades of doing ministry among the Chinese, wrote, well, I've grown older since then, but apparently I've not grown wiser. He had a passion to go, and he went And today, the Chinese are reached, by and large, through the beginning of his efforts. Like Hudson Taylor, we must be available to Jesus to go wherever he sends us. Maybe for you here this morning, that means that you go to places, even within Lancaster County, for the sake of the gospel, that you might not go otherwise. But all of us should have a heart to say, Lord, anywhere, anywhere you want to send me, I'm willing to go. And we all need to pray that God would work in our congregation to continue to send missionaries out. Just as Jesus told us in Matthew 9, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So what are we supposed to do? Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. God has been very gracious in answering that prayer among our church family and raising up multiple missionaries throughout the decades from our own church family and sending them out. And I believe that if we continue praying that today, we will continue to see more and more missionaries raised up from within our church family, even and especially among the youth here at Grace. But Jesus tells us all that is involved in making disciples of the nations. He helps us to see that it is a full-orbed, lifelong mission that takes all of our effort and takes many, many, many generations. Notice the language. If you look at verse 19, he tells us, how are we to make disciples? What does it mean to make disciples? He begins by saying, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We're about to witness some baptisms in just a few minutes. But baptism, that's the first step in the Christian walk. Jesus is saying, uh, you're beginning at the beginning, when when they go from being lost to being saved. That is where we start, but he says, you're not done. Missions isn't just about seeing converts, there's much more to it. In verse 20, he tells us what all is entailed in missions. Verse 20, he says, after they've been converted, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. A lifelong process of growing that new convert into maturity, into a full-grown, full-orbed Christian. In order to do this, we see that missions is about seeing the lost saved, but it's more than that. It's also the ongoing transformation of the nations as they are reached. And in order to do that, we'd see that the reaching the unreached is a whole church effort. It takes every single believer and the skill sets that God has given us, the spiritual gifts God has given us, the unique personalities and experiences that we've had, all being employed for the Great Commission, because think about what all is entailed from someone Becoming a a new convert to becoming a mature Christian. Evangelism needs to take place. Those who will go to preach the gospel. Healthy churches need to be planted where Christians can worship and fellowship and grow and learn together. The Bible needs to be translated into their own language so that they can read and receive God's word. And as we heard from Kiju, that takes decades of time. Trainers need to be sent who will help raise up leaders within their community so that they themselves can begin to reach their own people. It is a whole church effort and we all get to play a part. As Paul said in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, he's given us all unique gifts to be employed for the great commission that we might grow unified and grow into maturity as the church of Jesus Christ. And you and I get to be a part of that slow, steady, successive mission that takes generation after generation after generation. And it's our turn now. The reason that we're even sitting here this morning worshiping Jesus is because the church in past generations took up the Great Commission and did what Christ commanded them to do. And we are the fruit of their labors. And we ourselves now take up the reins. Well, you may be sitting here this morning and thinking, uh, I don't know how I fit into that. That seems like a tall task. Well, I'm so comforted with how Jesus ends the Great Commission with a promise that we can reach the unreached with the promise of Christ's presence and power. Take a look at the very last sentence of the Great Commission in verse 20. Jesus tells us, behold, I am With you, always, to the end of the age. The Great Commission is a daunting task, but it's possible because we're not left to our own efforts. We're not left to our own strength. We're not left to our own wisdom and resources. We are given Christ's strength. We are given his resources as he is with us and empowers us. We have divine strength that is working through us through Christ's spirit. This is how Paul understood how he was able to do the mission that he was called to in his lifetime. He talks about how he, how he goes about the mission of proclaiming and warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that he might present them mature in Christ. And he said, as I toil to do this, how did he do it? He said, I'm struggling with all of his energy that he powerfully works within me. Friends, we want to be a part of reaching the unreached, especially the wrongy, and we look forward to what the years have in store as God works through us to reach the wrongy. I can't wait to see the amazing things that he's going to do. I think maybe for us this morning, maybe the starting point is that God might need to wake some of us up. I know in my own heart. God needs to stir me out of my indifference to the fact that there are millions around the globe who will perish without the knowledge of Jesus. Think about the hundreds, maybe even thousands of years that the Rangi have existed, generation after generation after generation perishing in their sins, no access to the gospel. I want to close with a story once again about Hudson Taylor. Hudson Taylor, when he came back from his first term in China, he came back to Scotland uh, in order to talk about his mission and to raise uh, support and hopefully to get more missionaries to go back with him. And he told a story in one place that he was speaking at. He told a a true story about a Chinese man named Peter that he had been evangelizing to. And one day, he and Peter were on a big ship in China, And Peter fell overboard into the water and was drowning. And Hudson Taylor said there was no resources on their boat to be able to pull him out of the water. But there was a fishing boat just a few yards, I mean, not a few, far, far, close by to their boat with their nets in the water. And he said if they could have put their nets down with Peter, they could have pulled him back up into the boat. So he called out to the fishing boat, hey, Come over here quick, bring your nets over, we got to get this guy, we have a man overboard." And literally those fishermen said, ah, we're fishing, we're busy, sorry. And Hudson Taylor said, are you serious, do you see this man? He needs help, come quick, I'll pay you, he said. And the fishermen said, how much? Hudson Taylor in frustration threw out the money in his pocket and showed them how much. Minutes passed when they reluctantly came and did bring their nets down, but it was too late. Peter had drowned. As Hudson Taylor told this story, he flipped it around on his listeners that day. And he said, too many Christians are just like those fishermen. You have the resources available to save souls that are splashing around, drowning in the sea of sin. And you hear their cries of deliverance, but you're too occupied with your conveniences, your own affairs, and your heart has grown dull to the urgency of the souls that need to be delivered. And he closed that day by telling his listeners, hear the cries. Hear the splashing. Throw your nets in and employ the resources God has given you so that you might be part of the mission of the gospel going out and saving souls that are perishing. Well, we praise God for the way Christ is building his kingdom. He has told us that he is building his church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. He has purchased souls that will come to him through the means of his church. And in just a moment, we will delight in hearing some of those testimonies of salvation through the folks who are going to be baptized. But uh, before that, let's pray and sing one.